0: I love this interior pocket. I wish all women's jackets had an inner pocket like men's jackets I sewed do, them because into mine. it is seriously the best pocket. I sewed it into a lot
1: of mine. And you know I how bitches pocket love in. pockets. Bitches love. Put the pocket right pockets. by our boob. We love it, and it keeps people from putting things in their boobs.
0: Right, and I hate <sighs> that. Please don't hand me shit from your tits. Things.
1: Right. I was like, as a as a cashier, and I'm a woman with tiggle biddies, Okay, and but as a woman who has accepted money from. other other people please don't pull your sweaty tip money out and or hand it to me your
0: sweaty credit card because they'll keep their credit card what? in there too i know i yep. retail they fucking hand it to you like it's no big deal I'm someone who has no chest, so I can't carry anything in a bra unless that bra has underwire, because that's going to keep it from falling right. out. No,
1: I've got big old boobs, and I'm like, I, I, uh, no, they're no. sweaty, and I don't want to hand anybody anything with my boob sweat on it. No, thank oh. you. I don't even want my boob sweat on me. No. So here's my call. We need to make
0: pockets on the inside of all of our cardigans, jackets, any sort of a, an outer layer that opens in the front. Mm. pocket. That should be up there with dress pockets. I'm Stephanie. And I'm Sarah. And
1: And this this is Dead Time Stories.
0: Stories. The podcast where we
1: talk about pockets. I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Pockets of ghost activity and other paranormal things. Look at you turn that around. Welcome to episode 32. And even though it's like... At this point, almost, and I say at this point, the episode comes out. Like, it'll be almost a week away. This is our last episode before Christmas. Christmas. So Merry Christmas. Happy Holidays. Is that NSYNC or is that Backstreet Boys? In Merry sync. Christmas, no, happy me, holidays. Maybe it's Backstreet. Well, we Tell can, us in the comments. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, no, now I have to Google You're gonna it. You're going to look it up. Okay. Um, somebody is listening to this and going, oh my God, it's obviously the one so that it and is. So right. Um, Merry, Christmas, Merry Christmas, happy holidays. I, I think, think it's, it's Backstreet. It's, nope, it's in sync. Oh, I was right the first time. It is is by the American Boy Band Insync. It was released November 29th, 1998 as the first and only single from their second studio album, Home for Christmas. Their second album they ever made was a Christmas album. That does sound crazy, doesn't it? Right? That's, is that what I just read? It was No it's, No Strings Attached is their first one, right? It's the first and only single from their second studio album, Home for Christmas. Yeah.
0: Wow. Yeah. I feel like Owen Wilson.
1: Wow. Yeah, cuz it says that <laughs> uh the last single before this was You Drive Me Crazy. You Drive Me Crazy. See. I just... But that is the um is that Britney that? Spears song You Drive Me Crazy. Oh shit. What is NSYNC's song? Well, I think of I Drive Myself Crazy, but I don't know what You Drive Me Crazy is. Because I Drive Myself Crazy, they were all in the mental institution. It's like, I drive myself crazy thinking yeah. of you. And I made a mistake when it's I let you voice. go, baby. I drive myself crazy. <laughs> but, but what's this other one? I don't know. Hang on. Let's, let's find out. You Drive Me Crazy by NSYNC. Next week on Dead Time
0: Stories, we talk about the dead career of NSYNC.
1: I mean, JTT's still doing stuff. He is, is but like Backstreet off? made I a say comeback? JTT. Justin Timberlake, just JT. <laughs> JTT. I'm not familiar with Ew. this song. We're going to have to cut this, I guess, because copyright music or whatever.
0: Uh, how that- much are you paying? I'm, pff, it's Insync's first song. No one is going to fucking. I don't know that song. No, I don't remember it. Okay, so let's be honest. Their first real album was their holiday album. If we don't know anything from their first album. Well, that's the last, the, fir- the single the before single it. Before a ho- so their first single was awful, and their second single was a Christmas one. Let's see. I never realized that NSYNC was, you know, basically started with Christmas. <laughs>
1: when was Bye 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 So it's talking about remember singles. It's not talking about like full albums. Thank God. Why did they release so many Christmas albums in the same year? They have one called Home for Christmas and one called The Winter Album. But In Sync was the album that came out before that. And that's the one that has like, I Want You Back, Tearing Up My Heart. Oh, okay. Anyways. Since so this is our thirty second episode our thirty second episode. I don't know if you want to cut all that. We've done you're you're gonna have a good this time with This is gonna be us. a doozy. I'm doozy, I'm dry doozy. There it is. This Thinking is our
0: InSync tribute episode. No. We'll somehow find a way to incorporate InSync into everything. So Sarah, you have stuff you're gonna plug? Yes, so I have a show coming up um, the second week of January. That's January 11th. I'm doing a show at Allen's Lane. It's called Over the River and Through the Woods. It's a cute little family comedy. It's it's going to be cute. It's going to be real
1: cute. Real cute. It's going
0: to be real cute. But again, the great thing about Allen's Lane is that? Marilyn. Okay. And she has been a treat and a half. I kid you not. <laughs> What's
1: Marilyn's <laughs> last name? Yoblick?
0: Anyway, so my show is opens on the 11th and runs through the end of January, uh Friday, Saturday, evening, Sunday matinee. Ellen's Lane is BYOB. Uh sure, it'll be cute. Come out if you want to. Yeah.
1: I don't have anything going on. I just love doing this podcast with Sarah. I was like,
0: "Oh yeah, and every Thursday, usually, we release a
1: new episode." <laughs>
0: Uh, you know what, I'll address that. I'm real sorry guys. We've been having some like technical scheduling difficulties. Yeah, so our episode's been it's coming been out crazy. late.
1: And we've both had a show that we're working on and now that we're not roommates, we live in like opposite sides of the city and we work in opposite sides of the city. Yeah. And you know, we're trying to get together for y'all. And I'm going through some life stuff if I'm gonna be real. So I'm sorry I've been slacking on the uh on the fucking Instagrams. <laughs> but I'm uh but you know, I'm going through some stuff and that's life, but We love you guys, and we love doing this show. Yeah, we're working
0: through it for you.
1: Thanks for the support.
0: Yeah, we really appreciate it. If you want to reach out, you can send us an email. You can shoot us a DM, follow us. We always love hearing from you guys. Yes. And uh, Stephanie. Y'all, Y'all ready, ready to talk, talk about, about some ghosts? We did it again. Uh, uh,
1: uh, 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 uh. I'm not talking about a ghost, though, are you? No. Okay, that's all right. Well. That's still our thing, though. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Happy There's no here. Um No, I wanted to talk about something Christmassy, and... Um, Is it Krampus? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm going to talk about Krampus. You're <laughs> <laughs> Sarah <Ronin> Christmas <laughs> once again. <coughs>
0: Can I tell you real fast one tiny thing? I was listening to the radio the other day, and I think this guy was from, I don't know, Norway, Scandinavia. He was talking about some of their weird holiday traditions, and one weird holiday tradition was um, – they would have to leave treats in the attic for Santa's elves. And if they didn't leave treats for Santa's elves, Santa's elves would burn down their farm.
1: Damn. <laughs> and I found
0: it so funny. Anyways. Talk so about elf
1: on a shelf.
0: Elf in an attic with a match yeah. and highly Elf flammable is, like, keeping objects. an eye on you,
1: reminding you, like, I'll fucking burn your house down. He's, like, holding the match, like, flicking it with <gasps> his... <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine like a little elf on the shelf just holding a lighter and like that's what you've been told? And he's just like staring at you because they don't move, right? But just the idea of being a kid and like it doesn't have to move, like just a lighter in its hand and it's staring at you. And you're like, if I don't fucking put he's let fucking reminding me, he's got a lighter, he's gonna fucking burn my farm down. That's our my, livelihood. My fucking roof is made of straw. Like, oh my it's god, it's going up fuck. in a minute. <laughs> Um I'm, Anyways, talking, tell us I'm about, talking Krampus. about, Krampus. <laughs> so Krampus is a Christmas demon um in Austria and across the german speaking um Alpine region. The demonic characters are crucial part of the holiday season. He's a devilish figure with long horns and a goaty beard, much like a typical um like Satan. You might see him posed harmlessly on a greeting card harmlessly on a greeting <laughs> card <laughs> um, as opposed to. Or, Harmfully? Hang on. Okay. Or uh, reproduced in chocolates or figurines. But you might also encounter a procession of Krampuses stalking through the town laden with bells and chains, intimidating onlookers or whipping them with bundles of sticks. <laughs> That's right. You said there's multiple Krampuses? Yeah. Oh, okay. Like, well, I mean, like... Like, if you have decorations that have, like, multiple Santas on them. Like, there's, there's one Krampus, but, like, they might have a little different tableau of Krampus stealing a child. Or Krampus is, like, Beating hitting somebody child. with a bundle of sticks. Right. But there's sure. just the one Krampus. December 5th belongs to Krampus. That's Krampus Day. Phew. We all survived. Uh, and if you survive, you might get presents. <clears throat> Maybe. December 5th is Krampusnacht, which just means Krampus Night.
0: Can I get that one more time?
1: Krampusnacht. But like you really mean it. Krampus knocked. There it is. Krampus knocked. I don't know. Does like Krampus you're, Like you're a child. Krampus knocked. Krampus Papa, tonight is Krampus knocked. <laughs> I'm scared. Who is <laughs> Krampus? Rings. In the real world, people might attend uh, Krampus balls or young Whoa, men. Whoa, what about Krampus balls, balls? Like like it's a party. It's a It's a swing. It's a shindig. Uh, Or young men from the local Krampus group, which I'm not sure what that means, uh, might don carved wooden masks, cowbells, chains, and elaborate costumes to run through town in Krampusloff, which is the Krampus run, (laughs) frightening and sometimes beating bystanders. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) According to legend, Krampus will spend the night visiting each house. He might leave bundles of sticks for bad children, or he might just hit them with the sticks instead. Oh, okay. He might toss them into a sack or a basket on his back and then throw it into a stream, or he might straight up take them back to hell. <laughs> it just depends. It's just, a yeah. per-child basis. Well, I was going to say, it depends on how bad they are, you okay. know? Okay, all right, all right. The next day, though, is Dog, uh, which is St. Nicholas Day. Uh, the same St. Nicholas whose Dutch name is Santa Claus. Uh, which evolved into Santa Claus. Sandy Claus. In other words, it's time for presents for all the little girls and boys, that is, all the ones who haven't already been beaten, damned, or drowned. Cool. Krampus may be a monster, but he pals around with Santa. So originally, Krampus was a purely pagan creation, uh, said to be the son of hell from Norse mythology. That's hell with one L. But he got grafted onto Christian tradition as a sidekick of St. Nicholas, similar to figures like Zwart Piet in the Netherlands, Necht Ruprecht in Germany. Since the 17th century, the two have been linked in a sort of Christmassy yin-yang with uh, Krampus and St. Nick's dark companion, which I imagine very much like the little devil and yeah. angel on your shoulder, right? But it's just a Krampus. But it's a St. Nick and a Krampus. Mm. It's not just a Krampus. You know, I was just... The little good one is St. Nick and the little bad one's Krampus because he hangs out with them.
0: I was picturing Krampus uh, on the shoulder of Santa.
1: Oh no, they're like, well, they're, like yeah. you've got Santa being like, "Be good if you want presents," and Krampus is like, "Do it. I'll you like kill the stick you. beatings? You like come it, to you hell.
0: Freak. It's fun. <laughs> All the cool kids um. are doing it."
1: <laughs> Costume figures of the two traditionally visit houses and businesses together on Krampus' Knox. Saint Nick uh, brings the gifts, and Krampus brings the pain. Bah, 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 bah. Krampus revelers will... Oh, God bless. Why are you doing this to me? Won't he do it? He, he's doing it. <laughs> Krampus revelers will hit, push, and whip spectators at their you parades. You mentioned that. The Krampus of legend whips people with his birch bundle, but he's a literal demon. Surely the costume human Krampus parties wouldn't engage in such violence, Right? Wrong. No, people are awful. Here's a description of the Salzburg Krampusloff from a tourist who expected mere costumed buffoonery and came home with welts. I want to put emphasis on tourist because somebody who's from there is like, knows know. they're going to get fucked up. They're going because
0: they like it.
1: The narrow streets in the old city section of Salzburg <laughs> were packed with the pedestrians that the Krampus stopped through. Many people were caught unaware and reacted with terror. Some would flee and try to seek refuge in a shop or restaurant, only to be pursued by the determined Krampus. (laughs) With so many easy targets, we again managed to escape largely unharmed. At times, we were chased, jostled, and struck, but compared with the brutality we witnessed, it was obvious we had been spared the full brunt of what Krampus could muster.
0: My favorite thing out of that was the determined Krampus. The determined Krampus. The determined Krampus.
1: This writer went to Krampus Lofts in three cities and described savage beatings to people's <laughs> thighs and shins, as well as a Krampus chasing down and sitting on a teenager. <laughs> 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 but despite the fear and bruises, it's all in good fun. And hey, at least they aim for the legs. The appearance Unless they sit on you. Unless they sit on you. The appearance of Krampus varies, but he often has one human foot and one cloven hoof. Oh, how does he buy shoes? Girl, he barefoot. The Krampus costumes in Krampus lofts are aesthetically varied. They may be reminiscent of devils, bats, goats, abominable snowmen, or something out of a Guillermo del Toro movie. There are usually some kinds of horns and hides involved, but there's also a lot of free reign. Krampus has also been a fixture on the Austrian holiday greeting cards since the 1800s, where he's shown pursuing women and menacing children. (laughs) On the cards, Krampus traditionally has a long tongue that sometimes lolls halfway down to his chest and sports one human foot and one cloven hoof. No one is entirely sure why. His
0: mom was a demon? His dad was a person.
1: Mom was a demon. Daddy was a person. Mama sang bass. I know. It's daddy sang bass, mama sang tenor. Yeah. Some Austrian households <laughs> had year-round... bass. I know, right? Mama, mama sang, sang bass. Daddy sang
0: tenor. Me and little brother, we didn't know what to do there.
1: <laughs> Some Austrian households had year-round decor meant to remind kids to stay good or Krampus would get them. A 1958 article about the Krampus legend in Styria... Not Syria. Styria? Styria. A state in southeast Austria reports that Krampus would deliver gold-painted bundles of birch sticks to children, small versions of the bundle of twigs he would use to beat people. Cool. The families would hang the birch twigs on the wall for the rest of the year's decoration and to remind kids to stay in line. The article rather primely notes that the twigs are hung particularly in those houses where the behavior of the children merits the application of corporal, uh, corpora, uh, of corporal correction.
0: That makes me think of, I don't know if your parent ever said this, but my mom would make jokes or talk about their parents telling them to go outside and pick a switch. Oh, yeah, It's like, yeah, it's just ours was a tree in the front
1: yard. That was
0: our Krampus stick.
1: They were just like.
0: Constant reminder. That tree out there, I could whip you to death with they're it. They're just
1: like, don't even bother with the tree. It's right on the wall here. I will fucking take down this batch of Krampus sticks.
0: Oh, in my family, that was the fly swatter. That was on yeah, the wall. Yeah, fly
1: swatter. That's <laughs> we were smacked with. Uh, yep. Krampus was once banned by fascists. Between 1934 and 1938, when Austria was under fascist rule, Krampus was seen as a symbol of variously sin, anti Christian ideals, and social democrats. Oh, mm.
0: those damn social Democrats.
1: The newspaper of the Austrian Catholic Union called for a Krampus boycott, and the government of Lienz, the capital of East Tyrol, forbade campus dances, or Krampus dances, further mandated that all aspiring St. Nicholas's must be licensed by the city. They also pledged to arrest Krampus whenever they saw him. (laughs) Though it didn't rise to the level of a ban in 1953, the head of Vienna's kindergarten uh, system also published a pamphlet calling Krampus an evil man and warning parents that celebrating him could scar their children for life.
0: (laughs) Yeah, probably.
1: Krampus masks are valuable pieces of folk art. Sure, you could probably pick up some plastic thorns at Ty- Tyrolean out? But that's really in that's not really in the spirit. Traditionally the masks worn in Krampus procession, uh, processions are made of wood, hand carved by specialist artisans. For instance, Ludwig Schnegg makes the masks for all 80 members of the Haiming Krampus group. And he's been making them since 1981. Damn. Antique masks often wind up in museums, either folklore museums or ones explicitly devoted to Krampus. Oh wow. The towns of Kitzbühel and Stolhofen both feature Krampus museums that collect old costumes and masks until recently. There was a, mu- a museum in Sturstash. Sturstash as you well. You only did this so that you could say all these things in this accent. It's um, we'll call a little column A combi. So, lastly, you can celebrate Krampus even if you live in the U.S. What? Krampus has become increasingly popular on this side of the pond. He's shown up in Venture Brothers, Grimm, Supernatural, The Colbert Report, The The American Dad. And there's a Krampus-inspired horror movie that I saw in theaters with Mary Angela and Eric with Adam Scott. And, oh my God, there are a lot of people in the movie. David Kachner, I love him too. And in an increasing number of American cities, you can go to a Krampus party, Krampus costume contest, or even a traditional Krampus laugh. Aww. Los Angeles in particular has the burgeoning Krampus scene and the Morbid Anatomy uh, the Morbid Anatomy I can't say that fucking word today. It's I can't hard. talk today. The Morbid Anatomy Museum in Brooklyn hosts a yearly costume party. You can also get down with the Krampus in Chicago, DC, Richmond, Orlando, Philadelphia, whoa, whoa, whoa. and other cities in the US and Canada. Of course, for some people, the holidays are scary enough without throwing a demon beast with a penchant for physical assault into the mix. Whoa, why
0: are you talking about my mom?
1: But if you're the kind of person who goes to extra scary haunted houses at Halloween, take heart that terror doesn't have to stop just because we've entered a season of togetherness and joy. So get your Krampus knocked on, bitch. Krampus knocked on these nuts. Krampus
0: knocked... Cramp is knocked.
1: Yay! Knock, knock, knocked, knocked on my back door, <laughs> and I said no. <laughs> and I said it is exit only, sir. Get out of here.
0: All right. So I'm not doing a ghost story either. I was going to
1: ask what you're talking about, but I was drinking water. Sarah, what are you talking about this week? Well,
0: we have done. A few stories on things in boxes. Nice. And that's what you get at Christmas. Yeah, but this is not a present. I mean, this story is a present if you like true crime. So, Merry Christmas. Um, Today, I'm going to be talking about Colleen Stan, also known as the girl in the box.
1: Oh shit! As opposed to the boy As box. As opposed to the boy
0: box, and other things that we found. I'm sh- we've had other stories where things are found in boxes. We have body parts, things like that. I feel like if you get a box, you, or if like you open a box that you find anywhere, and you don't already know what's in that box, chances are you're gonna find mm. a body body parts part in that box. Um. So, Colleen Stan in 1977. She was out hitchhiking from Oregon to California. She's 20 years old. She's hitchhiking from Oregon to California to go to her friend's birthday party. She considered herself to be like an experienced hitchhiker, quote unquote. Um, So she's hitchhiking and she turns down a few rides from people who seem sketchy until this couple pulls up who have an eight month old baby in the back seat. And she's like, cool, a young couple. This should be fine.
1: Yeah. I feel like I've heard about this. She
0: was wrong. She right. is very, very wrong. So she was picked up by Cameron and Janice Hooker. Cameron was 23. Janice was 19. And they were actually out driving around looking for a hitchhiker to abduct. Mm-hmm. So they pick her up. They drive about 20 to 30 minutes. And they pull over. And he puts a knife to Colleen's throat and ties her up and puts a wooden box on her head. So he puts like a silencing box on her head so she can't see and she can't hear and she can barely breathe. Mm -hmm. And then they drive her to their house. And so they abducted her because, of course, the husband has this like crazy, abusive bondage fetish. And the wife was tired of being the one subjected to it. And so, together, they were like, all right, well, let's go abduct someone so you can, like, beat them up and and get off. And um, at first, there was a rule that, like, he was just going to abuse her. He wasn't going to have any sort of sexual interaction with her. Like, he was going to abuse her and then fuck his wife because he's all excited and turned on. Right. So, they take her back to their house, and they put her in the basement. And that first night, she's like chained. They said she was suspended from the ceiling by her wrists. And she was beaten, um, whipped, burned. And after that, she was put in a box that he had. And he made all. He made the head box and he made the other two boxes. So he put her in one box. It was about the size of... um, Uh, the dimensions of a crate so she was able to sit in it but she couldn't lay down right so that's her first night she's sitting there in that box and she couldn't lay down and she's chained up and she had been beaten and then she was forced to watch as cameron and his wife janice had sex like right in front of her right so that was their situation their setup they were going to keep her for that and they put her in a box So, I couldn't find how long exactly she was in the first box, but after a few months, the family moved to a different house that didn't have a basement. So, she didn't have the basement to be in. And at this point, this is when her main box is made. And um, it's about the dimensions of a coffin, but it was so she could lay down and it would fit under Under their bed. bed. Also, worth noting, it was under their waterbed because it was the 70s. Right. You remember when waterbeds were a thing? I kind of always wanted one. My parents had one before I was born.
1: I'm, I'm, I I I and then I think I about it and I'm like, what them, a right. dumb and I'm idea. Like, I think about them now and I'm like ugh, I don't remember them actually being good. No. I remember like them being fun to get in. <laughs> and then you can't get out. And then you can't get out right, but I don't remember them being particularly comfortable to like sleep in at all. No, I don't that but was like, so weird. Yeah, do
0: they still make them? I bet they do. I would assume so. Huh. Anyway, so she was in a box under the waterbed. And that's where she they, like, kept her for up to 23 hours a day. She could stay laying in that box. And that's that's where she was. And they only brought her out to beat her. Of course, after a while, he started to rape her. Like, the whole no sex rule was gone. Um, I apologize for the dishes in the background if we end up hearing that post-edit. So she would get taken out and for a few hours to get like beaten and raped and then she'd be put back in the box and that's where she lived that's where she was it said that in the summertime it could get up to like a hundred degrees in the box so as time went on she would be let out for the beatings and then she would also be let out to help with their two kids and to clean and the kids had no idea that she was being held against her will. Of course
1: not. And they had
0: no idea that she was in the house, like living in the house. They thought that she was their babysitter, housekeeper, and the parents told her, told the kids that she would leave. Yeah. So... Oh, my God. She... What he did was he, like, basically brainwashed her to a certain degree and he convinced her that... He was part of this satanic group called The Company, and The Company was watching everything she did, and The Company was watching her family. So if she did anything out of line, if she tried to talk to anyone, if she tried to escape, they would kill her family. And she completely believed it. He did things like eight months into her being captured. He coerced her into signing like a slave contract that basically gave over... And said that I'll be your slave, I'll do what you want me to do. And she signed it. And then he refused to call her Colleen. He called her Kay, like he gave her a new name. And he made her call him and his wife. She had to call him Master. And she had to call his wife, Janice, Ma'am. And just like all these things to dehumanize her. And to just break her down to the point where... She would be out babysitting the kids while they were gone, but they didn't worry about her escaping. And she never tried to escape. She never tried to tell anyone because she was so afraid of this company and of him. And she was just so fucking brainwashed. Yeah. So as time went on, she gained some trust. She was able to, like, work in the garden outside. She'd be able to go for a jog, etc. But all the while, she's still fucking, like, being raped, being abused, all because of this guy's like fetish. So in 1981, four years after she was initially kidnapped, she gets to go home and see her family. He takes her from California back to Oregon to go visit her family. And she's so brainwashed that she goes and sees them and is like, Everything's fine. Look, this is my fiance, Cameron. We're happy. I'm sorry. I haven't really been in touch. Oh my and he's God. with her. So much that like her. There's a picture. You can look at it online. Her parents took a picture of the happy couple thinking that everything was OK. And her parents were like worried. But they just thought that she had joined a cult and they hadn't heard from her. For like four years. And so they didn't want to lose her again. So they didn't want to like push her for information on it. They were just like we're so happy to have you home. Oh my gosh you have like a fiance. That's great. We miss you. Let's get a picture. And all the while she's fucking being abused and raped and stuffed under the bed. Literally stuffed under the bed Sarah. in a box.
1: Oh my God.
0: And she goes home Merry and is like, Christmas. everything's so <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Here's a person. Oh, it it's awful. So, in 1984 is when she finally escapes, right? So she spends seven years years with this couple with this dude in a box taking care of their kids sleeping living in this fucking box being brainwashed seven years what finally turned the tables was the wife janice janice was realizing that her husband cameron was probably going he had mentioned wanting to make colleen his second wife And she was like, he's probably going to fucking leave me altogether and maybe even kill me. Yeah. You know, she's like, I have no idea. So she finally, in that moment, talks to Colleen and confesses like, hey, throughout our entire relationship, he's been like brainwashing and abusing me. And I said, let's get another girl for him to abuse because I couldn't take the beatings anymore. So that's why we abducted you, I'm but it's all, sorry. I'm real sorry about this. Um, <laughs> so listen, girl, <laughs> this is going to be funny. Um, we're totally going to laugh about this We're going to laugh about this in a few years. <laughs> 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 so she's like, yeah, uh, I'm real sorry, but this is all a lie. There's no Nobody's such thing as the company. Family. Nobody's There's watching nobody your, your family. Here. There's no reason. Just it's us. just him. Just us girls. He just just between us girls. So let's like it's time for you to leave. Like it's time for you to leave. But before she helped her leave, she was like, "Hey, listen. Girl to girl, do me a solid. Don't report him to the police. Don't tell anyone about what you've been doing for the last 7 years. Because girl, I promise you, I know him. I can fix him." We're going to go to church. Stop, I stop, wish I could make this stop. up. This is literally what happened. She's like, please don't tell the police about him. It's just a rough time. Like,
1: I we're going to go to this church. It's just a rough time these last fucking seven, seven years. years. And the years before that, that it was me taking all this abuse.
0: But we're going to go to church. We're going to pray about it. I'm going to be able to re- rehabilitate him. Like, please don't tell the police. And then she drives her to a bus station for her to call her dad, for calling to call her dad and go home. And she does. And then Janice calls her husband and is like, Oh, Colleen got out.
1: She, right. <laughs> <Colleen>. <laughs> and, oh, I am so, I just got home and the door was open uh, and Colleen. our slave was gone. <laughs> I don't know if someone came in and know. took
0: the slave. I don't know if she just figured out how the locks were. I don't work. know if she
1: just got out on her own. I'm not we really could, sure. We, we do this. We could call. We could blow on the slave whistle and see if she comes. I told you we should have gotten her microchipped, oh, but you no. didn't. Want to do it. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ! So she gets on it's the bus. Birthday. She it's leaves.
0: Christmas. Janice calls her husband, and apparently, according to one thing I read, he was so upset he cried. He was just like, "Oh of no. He's like
1: my slave. My
0: favorite slave um was gone and Colleen gets on a bus and she goes home and she says nothing. For how she long? She says nothing. She got dropped off in March in November Janice the wife went to the police. <laughs> Colleen Colleen never went never to the went. police oh my god colleen was so brainwashed she never did it finally in november janice was like okay i can't fix him um
1: and she went All to the right, police you know what? i gave him the slave the slave I gave him The didn't slave for him. seven years
0: the slave made it worse I, s- I wanted tried to, to take leave care of it, me for it on my own slave. for nine
1: months and you know what we're done we're done exactly <laughs> she went to the police and she like, was you like that other woman put up with it for way longer fuck you it was yeah, So it's she insane. went to the police. She went to
0: the police and um, was like, okay, so listen, my husband's been beating and abusing me and brainwashing me. Oh, and by the way, nine months ago, we released a girl we've been holding for seven years. <laughs> no biggie. So they go and they arrest him. She gets granted full immunity. And fuck you. Because she agreed to testify.
1: And I was afraid you were going to tell me that. She fuck gets, that she lady. She got full immunity. Fuck that
0: lady. And... Colleen came forward and it wasn't so Janice went to the police and they were like he did this he did that and then the police went to Colleen and they were like okay so did he do this and she was like okay yeah sure yeah yeah okay okay. yeah no I'll talk about it now and so once she came forward I
1: wasn't gonna say anything but since you brought it up Yes, I
0: was his slave for seven years. I I lived in a box under his bed for seven years.
1: Oh my god! Um.
0: And so then she goes and she testifies, and he was sentenced to a hundred and four years yeah, in prison. Fuck that
1: dude. And fuck Janice, right? You piece fuck of Janice. Shit. Did something
0: horrible happen to her? Nope. She changed her name. She's trying to live a normal life in California. Ugh. Nothing horrible happened to her. So I don't know if she participated in the beatings, but she definitely, like, helped him kidnap her, and she definitely made sure that she stayed But it stayed was her there. idea,
1: too, right? To be It was like, his
0: idea and her idea. She it was, was like, like, she you know what? But she was brainwashed. So that's why she was granted full immunity is they were like, well, she'll agree to testify against them, And then we'll say through all the evidence that like she had no ability to make any judgments right now. She just went along with it. Which side tangent, because I watched this documentary last night called The Push and it's on Netflix and it's a social compliance experiment. And basically this guy ends up through social compliance coercing someone into killing someone else.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Same, so they kind of pled the same thing. She had no, like, she didn't know any better. She she was so far gone that she agreed to do this. And people do it. People fucking do it. They had three people go through the experiment and end up,
1: at the end of it, pushing a dude off a building.
0: Like, co- like being coerced into pushing a fucking dude off a building. I get
1: mad about this kind of stuff, but I know, I know about it. Because, like not not to be that person my minor is in psychology and like i if you know anything about like the stanford prison experiment or um stanley milgram did i can't remember what he, i can't remember what his experience was called it's just the milgram experiment he's the guy that had people sit in a room and they were told to shock somebody in another room if they got a question wrong have you heard about this this happened a long time ago and every time they repeat this experiment they always get the same results but it was people had all problems with it like ethically the same way they did with the the stanford prison experiment which is like they're just like how much will somebody do if an authority figure tells them to do it and in this experiment they didn't threaten them they did nothing it was literally just a person in a white lab coat was like you have to push the button You have to do this. And they're like, he's screaming. Like, he says it really hurts. And they're like, you have to continue with the experiment. And they would get really stressed and they would sweat. Some of them would, like, laugh hysterically out of, like, nerves. And some of them would do whatever. But they would all push the fucking button. More of them did it than not.
0: This one is crazy. crazy. Yeah, this one's crazy because it goes through, like, little – it literally just works up little by little Little by little increments little things. hey can you help me do this hey can you yeah like little bit they're like hey can you help me do this hey can you help me do that hey can you help me until eventually like the you know the actor that they're supposed to kill or whatever a dude like dies in the back of this event that they're working on and the dude who's part of the experiment is like oh my god should i call an ambulance should i call someone and the other guy is like no 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 don't call they can't do anything anyways And ends up convincing him to like, here, help me. Will you help me pick him up and just stuff him in this crate until the end? And the dude is like, yeah, okay. You just, you start fucking. And it's little bitty things up until now he's moving a body all the way up until, oh, hey, just fucking just push him off the building. Like, he's crazy. No one will miss him. Just go do it. And the people are like, ugh, fucking push the dude off a building. Three people did it. They ran the experiment with three people. Who did it? It was crazy. Anyway, so Janice pulled that shit. She got away. Cameron is still in prison. He went up for parole. He tried to go for parole uh, in 2017 or sometime recently, and he was denied. Yeah, good. And he's not up for parole again until, like, 2030. Um, Maybe, so he's, and, you know, who knows? Maybe he'll be dead by then. I was like, he's going to die in prison. Um, another thing is it came out Janice said that Colleen wasn't his first Kidnapping victim, but that a year before in 1976 they kidnapped another girl and beat her and he ultimately killed her. Of course he did. But no, my jaw dropped. They never found her body, so they couldn't oh charge him for it. Oh my god!
1: Oh my god! So he must
0: have really liked Colleen that he didn't kill her. It's a fucked up fucking story for Christmas. So Colleen changed her name. She got married four times. Uh, And has kids and grandkids and is trying to live a normal life and also like helps out and supports other women who have gone through abuse and Good does that. God. But she spent seven years in a, a box under a bed, under a water bed.
1: I love that you think that's an important distinction. I do. I really do. Wow, that was messed up. Merry Christmas. How long have you been holding on to that one? Oh, that's been... It's on my first page of ideas. Right? I was like, that's one that you've been thinking about for a while.
0: It's, uh, yeah, it's on my first page of... Yeah, here it is. The girl in the box. Look at you. My first page. I got little marks. Once I do... Once I research, I do a mark. And then once I talk about it, I do a mark. See, look, there's Grumblethorpe.
1: That's See, episode Sarah's one. has got her own little podcast specific bullet journal it's, it's precious
0: i do it's how i keep up with everything yes if i was ever stuck in a box maybe i'd have this oh.
1: okay. <laughs> too soon
0: is it this was a 70 she got out in 84
1: i love making that joke too soon those are my favorites yeah. That's, and i was very excited to get to yell it at she made it, at it at at the die, die, hard die Hard reading it was so good though <laughs> the literally the whole room laughed i was like yes I was very proud. (laughs) That reading was so much fun. It was. It was a lot of fun. So much fun. It was nice. So, yeah.
0: uh, Do you have a fetish five? I do. Is it a Christmas fetish five? Is Is it a Krampus fetish? It's not. Is it putting
1: people in a box that's shaped like a present and fits under your bed fetish? It's none of those things. Okay. Well, cool. So, but now I feel like uh, your story upset me. I'm sorry. Um, It is. I'd also like to clarify. That that is not just a fetish. That man has oh, all no, sorts of that's, psychological yeah. problems. But what upsets me is that there are people on Tumblr who, like, that's a fetish. <laughs> to be put in a box? Yes. Ugh. To be like, oh, just put me in a box. Like, use me as a slave. There are all sorts of, like, master-slave fetish. That's a huge thing. And I'm like, Ugh. I can understand. right? <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to be I can't. yeah, yeah. So, no, what I was going to talk about is how there's a Santa Claus fetish. Because, of course, there is. Of course, there fucking is. Um, But, yeah, a lot of people have a thing for Santa. Uh, On Reddit, one man who was a former uh, shopping mall Santa said, On average, once per night, someone would sit on my lap and whisper the filthiest (gasps) X-rated description (laughs) of what she was going to do with me when I, quote, came down her chimney on Christmas Eve. Oh,
0: my God. Like,
1: what? Did he give some examples? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I don't think I've ever talked about FetLife on here. I've talked about Tumblr, but FetLife is, like, it's supposed to be, like, a kinky Facebook where people, like, you don't really meet people from FetLife, but you, like, friend people on FetLife and you post, like, what your fetishes are. My, honestly, my biggest problem with FetLife is that, like, the format is terrible. It looks like a 1997, like, black and red, like, um, geocites page. Like, it's just terrible. Um, that's my big problem with FetLife, but, like, of course I'm on it. So, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, I still use it. <laughs> um, on FetLife, 128 Kingsters reported being getting uh, spanked by Santa. Like, not even as a fetish. Like, that many people said that they had gotten spankings from Santa. 59 were on Santa's naughty list. Mm. And 62 wanted to get a spanking from Saint Nick. Thank so, uh, it's called... Santaphilia. Oh, it's not called claustrophobia. claustrophobia. Claustrophobia was a joke in my play where I was afraid of Santa, so I said that I had Santa Claustrophobia. Sarah loves it. Yeah guys, can you hear how much I love it? Um but yeah, especially people that are already into like a daddy type. Of course. Or like a, a grandpa bear. type. Oh. I was gonna say a bear, like a big yeah. hairy. Mm-hmm guy i bet sawyer would be into it oh i bet he would he doesn't listen to this podcast (laughs) neither does peter Peter, his boyfriend (laughs) um but you know he's also like jolly and fun he's a big jolly fun bear daddy who you know gives you presents presents. right exactly there you go like his dick in a box yes (laughs) yes Santa originally. Um, but of. he's also somebody that you have to please because, you know, you've got like, you want to be nice or naughty for Santa. Does Santa wants nice or naughty? Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> so, uh, some, one person said, the idea of Santa takes my favorite physical traits and favorite personality traits and combines them. He also manages to portray some of my favorite ways for a man to be dominant. Oh, my God. Plus, everyone loves getting presents. <laughs> Plus, everyone loves getting dick. So, um, counselor Deborah Walsh from Instant Counseling, uh, wanted, they, is somebody that was interviewed and they were asking her why, um, people, quote, get a hard-on for St. Nicholas. <laughs> she tells Metro.co.uk, it would be a manifestation of childhood Christmas memories, either good or bad. <laughs> Keith agrees, Santa Claus is also described in most fictional accounts to have a kind of giving personality, bringing joy to the children of the world and bearing them gifts for every Christmas. These are qualities in men that appeal to me in real life. When you combine both Santa's physical attributes and his personality, you end up with a man, albeit fictional, who actually has quite a bit of sex appeal. Um, And, of course, some people who, you know... I've said this already, who like a daddy, somebody who likes a father figure, represents someone who is safe, warm, and provides security that may be missing in their life. But that doesn't mean everyone who likes Santa has daddy issues. It may purely be down to the fact that he's a mythical, unobtainable figure whom they projected their, f- their sexual fantasies towards. If you have a thing for the man that comes down our chimneys, don't panic. Deborah says fantasies are perfectly healthy unless they become full-blown obsessions, which begin to have a detrimental effect on a person's everyday life. So if your lover refuses to have sex with you unless you don a Santa costume, or vice versa... Maybe there's a little problem, but until then, feel free to leave your pie out for him. Leave hey. your pie. Leaf, leave some cookie out for Santa. So, oh my goodness gracious, Santafilia, Santafilia, Santaphilia up. <laughs> Both work. Both work. Before we went for it. We went for it. If you're gonna have Santa over, make sure you stop at the DQ before he gets there.
0: Oof, girl, yeah, that ain't the kind of
1: blizzard Santa <laughs> wants. <laughs> ah, turn it up, turn it upside down, because that's how they serve a blizzard. It is, or he would want that like chocolate dip cone.
0: <laughs> <laughs> would you eat Santa's ass, or would Santa eat your ass?
1: What's the present? Do you want me to? How how should I answer this <laughs> I question? In all honesty, you know what? I think let's just leave it unanswered. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to our holiday episode.
0: Merry Christmas! Merry
1: Christmas! I hope you enjoyed yourself. If you want to uh, give us a holiday gift, what you can do is send you us can a Santa dick. Send oh, oh! or I would take a reindeer dick. Either or, put a little Rudolph. And or even on just it, a dick in a box, a but it, it, it has to be like a wrapped Christmas present. Dick box. in a box. It can't would just be, nice. be like a box. You heard us. You know who we're talking about You know to. who you are. You never sent us that turkey dick, my man. Look, Santa's way but that's easier. Cool. He did say it was a lot of work and I understand. That's but like true. we got we need like a, a Christmas dick. Like some sort of Christmas dick. We need an incentive dick pick. Yeah. Like that's what we anyways. If you're new to the show, we only welcome dicks that are Dressed. dressed in some sort of theme, preferably as a ghost in a Kleenex with googly eyes. That's our favorite. That's our favorite. Um, but, you know, any holiday that's approaching, if you want to send us a Hanukkah dick, you, we will. We do We'll like you a Kwanzaa dick. Yeah. Uh, a BBC Kwanzaa dick. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of regret saying that. Um, but anyway. I'm I know you are. (laughs) Um, If you want to do that, of course, you can email us at deadtimestories, all one word with a Z, at gmail.com. And, of course, we are Dead Time Stories on Instagram. We're on Facebook. You can listen to us. Tell your friends to listen to us on their favorite podcasting uh, application. Be that on iTunes, Spotify, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play. We're in all the places. Write us a review, preferably five stars. Take a screenshot. Send it to us either at our email or slide into our DMs. And give us your address and we'll send you a sticker. Uh, do you have anything else to add, Sarah? Nope. I got a pee. <laughs> all right not dairy queen she doesn't have to just go like to dairy queen. mcdonald's she can stay in the rv it's just pee that's true all right that's true thank you so much for listening merry christmas <laughs> and happy
0: holidays that's stephanie that's sarah and this has been dead, dead, time, dead time stories
1: thanks for listening Ew. Deadtime Time Stories is hosted by Sarah Hedins and Stephanie C. Pernison. Music and editing by Eric Gershnow. Artwork by Rennie Slackman.